Hello. How are y'all doing? It's Chet. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. This is episode 115, I think. <clears throat> Pretty hard to imagine we would have come this far, but here we are. Today's interview is art collector, curator, musician, Chris Velasco. And we're going to talk about his show, Seven Sins, at Copper Gall uh, Gallery that we're going to be helping to promote and talking about it, talking about the artists, talking about other things as well. Chris's collection is legendary. He's got one of the best art, dark art collections in the world. It's pretty incredible. He needs a museum to show that stuff. <clears throat> um, so, before we get on to it, I have been kind of going crazy painting for this show I have at Bain Art Gallery in Australia. I finished all the studies for it and laid the groundwork, so I really have a technique down to paint these paintings so I can do them quickly. The, the, the studies have gone over really well. I've posted those. I'm actually having a sale uh, next week. Well, that would be this week. I'm recording this on Sunday, and the show will be public on Wednesday, so you're he hearing it on Wednesday or later probably, or Tuesday if you are a member of the Patreon. And you can join the Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, and it helps support this podcast. That's patreon.com slash darkartsociety, and it's greatly appreciated because I couldn't do it without the support from y'all. But yeah, I'm going crazy, <clears throat> just working really hard and trying to get these paintings done because they have to ship like over a month early because of customs and stuff. So I have to get everything shipped by, I think, June 28th. That means I have to pack everything and get photos taken and paint the frames too. So it's really going to be insane for the next month. <sighs> but I'm trying to hold it all together. I'm still doing the podcast, making time for that. And just trying to, you know, roll with it. Everything's going great though. Otherwise, I mean, the paintings are going great. They're, they're going really smooth and fast. This will probably be the fastest show I've ever painted, painted for before. So not that that counts for much because I would rather have a lot of time to paint for a show, but as usual, all my prep work with the studies and mixing all my paints up and tubing them. So I have all the paints that I'm going to use kind of laid out. <clears throat> it's making a huge difference in the speed of the actual paintings that I can paint them in with. I don't know. I'm out of it. Okay. Anyway, so that's what's going on with me. I don't think anything else is really going on. It's a nice dreary day in sunny California, which I love. It's nice and gray out. It's been raining a little bit. Weird weather lately, but it's only going to get weirder. 
So let's get on to the five questions so that we can get on to the interview. Okay, five questions this week. Let's start off with Frederick Gorey Adams. These are from Facebook. Oh, and let me apologize ahead of time. If, I, if you've asked questions and I haven't gotten to them, I mean, I'm kind of doing this on my own, except for Brian Kilgore, who is generous enough to be donating his time to do the audio for the podcast. So that's great. But the rest of it I'm doing on my own for the most part. So, you know, sometimes I'm not an organized person. So <laughs> sometimes I'll have some questions and I'll answer four of them. And then the fifth one gets filed away and I forget about it. So if you have a burning question you want to ask, keep asking it when, whenever I, I post a, a post um, asking for questions for the five questions. I'll get to it eventually. But I'm just flying by the seat of my pants here. So I apologize if you've asked a question that hasn't been answered, but it will eventually. You could also email. Well, we don't have email set up for the uh, uh, Dark Art Society yet. I don't think I have to do that. That's another thing that's happening is the, the I should mention is the uh, the website is being built right now from the ground up and it's going to be really epic instead of just a little home base for the Dark Art Society. We're trying to build it to where it can be almost like its own little community like Facebook, its own little Facebook or something. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's, it's bigger than I was thinking it was going to be, but that's really cool. So anyway, that's, that's being worked on. I don't know how long it's going to take, but it's, uh, it's happening right now. Okay. On with the questions. Frederick Gorey Adams. Have you ever gotten so frustrated at painting and felt like giving it up? And if so, what did you do to convince yourself to go on? The answer is Yes. <clears throat> many times, so many times that it probably happens like every six months or so, where I just feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. I shouldn't have quit my job in effects. This is just too, the work, it's too hard. It's too much work. I can't keep doing this. I don't know how to paint. I'm full of shit. But I just... Keep going and you get over it. It usually comes when, when you're, you're painting a really frustrating painting that isn't coming together easily. And, and it's just the frustration of not knowing how to fix it right away. You know, it's easy to feel good about everything when everything's going great and your paintings are going smoothly and money's rolling in. And But it's, it's those hard times that you got to get through. And... Eventually, I snap out of it. <clears throat> it doesn't last more than a day, usually, for me. A day or a couple days. You just have to keep going. You just have to persevere, and eventually you'll, you'll get through the frustration, and then the painting will start to work, and then you'll be like, oh, I know what I'm doing. So I just say, keep going. That's what I do. Okay, Jonathan Hackler, have you ever wondered why you have the specific tastes in art, design, style, etc. that you have? 
as in why you prefer one thing over another. Yes, I've wondered that often. And I have some ideas, but I'm not sure 100% that that's absolutely the reason I like the things I like. I'm pretty sure a lot of it goes back to my childhood and loving things like monsters and stuff when I was a kid and, and just that carried over to my adulthood because it wasn't beaten out of me or anything. My parents let me like the things I liked. And of course, I've talked about it many times, there's could be a lot of reasons why I was attracted to monsters, but I don't know. I don't really know for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, why does anybody like anything? I think it, a lot of it does start with childhood and, and even things that resonate with you as an adult can probably be traced back to your childhood in a lot of ways. Maybe, but I don't know. I'm no psychologist. I don't know for sure. I, if, you know, when it, with monster stuff, I just it makes me feel good. It's as simple as that. When I see monster stuff, monster paintings, monster art, monster movies, it just makes me feel good. It makes me happy. I just did this podcast interview with uh, Jay Alders and I believe it's his wife, Chelsea. And uh, what is that podcast called? Uh, I forgot the name of it. I'll think of it in a second. But anyway, it was uh, it was a great interview. I think maybe one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. And they were great. But at the end, he, he was, you know, I was explaining why I like monsters and why I paint monsters and what I think I'm getting out of it and why it's, you know, everything I always, my, my spiel that I usually mention on the Dark Art Society podcast, all the positive reasons for uh creating dark art and how it helps people and uh okay shifting the shifting perceptions podcast and i encourage you to listen to that interview if you're into my stuff because i think i was i was in rare form where i could speak well and i wasn't all mush mouth like i usually am but at the end they they it was cool at the end they recorded kind of like them talking about the interview and they brought up a lot of interesting points and one of them jay said because he's an artist, he's a really good painter, and he does like, you know, I guess you'd say more normal type artwork, kind of happy artwork, which is totally cool, you know? If that's what he's into, that's great. That's what you should be doing. You should be painting what you're into. And he said, one thing he said was, I I don't know if I, you know, I told, he was like, I totally respect what he's doing, and I, I think it's great with his artwork, but I don't know if I painted monsters all the time I think it would start to get me down and make me depressed and and I really felt kind of like maybe he didn't quite understand or I didn't explain myself fully on the podcast because for me painting monsters it does the opposite it makes me happy it makes me feel good it's 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 not like I can't imagine becoming depressed by that because it's so much fun and I love it and it's, and it's, it's as, you know, it's as simple as that. <laughs> I just, it makes me feel good. And so, you know, times like that, when I think about it, I wonder if like my, my wires got crossed when I was a kid or something. I don't know. 
but it's like it makes me feel happy like maybe most people seeing some a beautiful waterfall or something or or a beautiful beach it's a blue ocean it makes me feel like that monster stuff makes me feel that way so i don't know maybe i'm fucked up but regardless that's how i am that's who i am and and so i go with it and express it with my artwork okay luke quintana pagano where did the vision for your characters come from do you see them in dreams no i never see them in dreams i never dream of dystopia which is what i call the world i paint i wish i saw them in dreams i maybe maybe one time i saw one in a dream but i can't even remember if if i did for sure or which one that would would be they come completely out of my subconscious the, the creatures and characters i create that, that those are what i draw when i'm not thinking about what i want to draw or paint that's what comes out and then i try and just stay out of it and let them come through i mean when i doodle and mess around that's that's what comes out so I don't know where they come from. Somewhere deep in my subconscious. Okay, Alma Orozco. Who is your favorite painter? Do you have any movies or book recommendations? Thank you. Okay, Alma, my favorite painter is... It's really hard for me to choose a favorite painter because I have so many. But if I had to pick one, I would probably say Bekshinsky. I think I've, you know, the Frazetta, Giger, they've had huge influences on me and, and I have a hard time picking between those two as well. But Bekshinsky came in my life at a time when I was really starting to think about painting and then something just hit me in the gut when I saw his work and there's so much of it. That's the other thing. He has so many amazing paintings just when I think I've seen them all. There's more. So he was super prolific and he really gets to a place that he, he gets so weird in his work that I want to get that weird. I don't feel like I'm able to, to get quite that weird. That may sound weird coming for me, but um, I would like to be able to go into weirder places, believe it or not, with my artwork. Okay. Jimmy Cantu, most underrated Devo song? Now, that's a great question. But I have to say that most Devo songs are underrated because I think they're all, 95% of them are masterpieces, really. I would say, you know, if I had to answer the question, though, I think... Uh, one of the greatest songs that's super underrated that no one's ever heard of, except unless you're a diva fan, would be Smart Patrol, Mr. DNA. That is such a rocking, amazing song. Gut Feeling might be another one that to me is kind of like a classic song that I expect to hear next to any song that's on the radio, but of course it never is. 
there, there's so many good ones. I, I, it's really hard. movie or book recommendations. You know, I should have thought about this one because nothing, nothing is coming to mind. My my brain is mush. I swear, it's it's everything is just work, work, work lately. I mean, worse than worse than it's ever been as far as that goes. Um, I'm watching one right now. This I mostly watch documentaries, but. <clears throat> I'm watching one right now called Giuseppe makes a movie. I think that's kind of amazing about this really weird eccentric guy that makes these really horrible movies with a camcorder. Uh, I saw a good one last night, but I can't remember the name of it. It just came out on iTunes and it was about um, professional blackjack players. And it's about this guy in an RV who travels around <clears throat> the United States and beats casinos makes really good money and it was really interesting i liked it because the casinos are always trying to kick him out and get rid of him anyway but i don't remember the name so if i, if I remember i'll put it in the description okay i'm rambling so let's get on with the interview oh yeah so if you if you find it in your heart to support it's only a dollar a month you can pause and cancel your membership at any time so you know it's it's more about Getting number the numbers of everyone who listened paid a dollar, you know, we'd be able to fast track all of this stuff like the website and add, you know, staff and, and really get this thing going instead of me just scrambling to keep it afloat. But it's dark arts or patreon.com slash dark art society. And also I have my own personal Patreon, which is really helping and it's going to, it's going to change my life when I can get it to a point where I'm earning enough to where I don't have to hustle so hard. And then, you know, my dream is to just be, be creating content for Patreon, just be painting, not worrying about having to, you know, have sales and, and, you know, whenever I need to pay bills and stuff. So if you, if you also feel like you might want to do that, even a dollar is great. It's, uh, and I, uh, I'm, I'm showing a lot of content every day. I'm updating it. And it's, you know, if you, for the, I've been painting for the past year on Patreon. So there's tons of work that, nobody's ever seen except on the patreon i mean it's a lot there's a lot there's a year's worth of work on there about so there's just tons of progress picks and uh time lapses and i'm doing a tutorial a month on how i paint i'm teaching everything how i make my my frame corners and all that stuff so that's at uh, uh, patreon.com slash dark art society and again it's really easy to check it out for a month pay one dollar and see how you like it and then you could cancel it if you want or you could pause your membership and then pick it back up when you have money um yeah so i have to promote that because i'm really making a push for that i even i mean i've got these i'm doing like a a promotional thing i'm, I'm going to do a promotional thing for both patreons i got these pins made to get people over there as an incentive to get people onto the platform but i've been so busy with everything that i haven't even been able to to get that together so i've got all these pins just sitting here waiting to be given to people as incentives for coming over uh, okay so anyway enough of my complaining everything's great i can't complain i love life 
you know, it's all good. Anyway, let's get on with it. This week's interview with musician, curator, and dark art collector, Chris Velasco. What's up, Chris? Hey, Chet. I'm pretty good. Just uh, working away here and uh, taking a quick break to chat with you. Yeah, your nice studio in the background, I see. So that place is great. All these amazing paintings. Um, Man, I got to, yeah, I'm going to really spend some time and clean this up. So next time you guys are over here, um, it'll it'll look good for you because there's some new stuff and that's currently on the floor that uh, <laughs> I, I have hidden off in the wings here so you can't see them. <laughs> I see a Darius back there. Over Did you see that new one that he posted of like, uh, Dari Zawadski, is that how you pronounce, it? pronounce his name? Zawadzki. Yeah, Zawadski. He's got that one of like a hooded figure and you can see their back and he's like holding a little skeletal child. Hmm. Oh my God. If you haven't seen it's it. It's a new one? I think it's, I'd never seen it before. If if you, if if it's new and you haven't seen it, you're going to want to buy it because <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, that fucker, man. I wish I had painted that. It was so All good. This stuff is, is so good. This stuff's amazing. He definitely, I'm envious of him. I'm looking him up right now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like a, I think a dark blue hooded figure, and, and it's like you could see his back. I don't know where I just saw it, and he's kind of holding this little skeletal <laughs> child or something, or a child's kind of like hugging it or, or something. I, hmm. man, I'll try. No, and, I'm not. I'll try and find it. I'll try and find it and send it to you. I don't remember. I think I saw it on. I'm not sure where I saw it. Anyway, he's great. You're a big collector yeah, of his. You're a big yeah, collector, I've, period. Yeah, you've got a I few. I think I've got six of his pieces. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Chris, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Chris is a, a musician. He writes soundtracks for games television, movies, and he's also probably the biggest dark art collector around, maybe other than Guillermo del Toro. That's that's I have to I have to add that caveat in there. I know. He almost doesn't <laughs> count though. <'cause> <laughs> he's not a re- regular person. <laughs> that's just, you know, that's just another level. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. As far as like the uh the people that are not in the stratosphere, you're definitely the top collector for sure you get the best collection of dark art that i've ever seen and your your barbecues are are legendary and will go down in the art history of this movement for sure (laughs) well you know i have to in terms of collecting too i have to give a quick shout out to chip jocelyn because yeah chip's um, awesome he's been collecting even longer than i have and has a ton of killer stuff yeah, he does. Um, I haven't even seen all his stuff, though. I think when I've been no, in his I house, either. it's been in storage, you know? Yeah, well, he's he's back in, in Texas now, and um, I keep meaning to get over there and visit him and um, and, ch- and check out his, his collection, because, you know, we'll, like, we'll Skype and, like, video chat, and, and he'll kind of walk around his home and, and i'll see all his stuff and it's it's pretty crazy yeah yeah he's a great guy too he's hilarious and super cool 
Super cool, dude. Um, so you're curating now. Yeah. So I always, well, once I started getting into collecting, um, it felt, it's, it felt like a natural progression to want to curate or, or just be involved with a gallery somehow. And, mm-hmm. and I even had these kind of delusions of grandeur of like, Oh, maybe I should open a, my own gallery. And, and then I curated my first show. Never mind. And all my, <laughs> all my, my dreams of wanting to have a, a gallery were just like, totally shat upon <laughs> and i'm like no this is a thankless job uh, and know. this is a it's like know. the best way to to become a you know a millionaire gallery owner is to start with you know a billion dollars yeah um it's just oh no. my god they just seem like such a money pit and it's um yeah, i don't it's know how they make a living job. i don't know how any gallery makes a living it's it's crazy people think oh they're taking 50 percent, but you know, especially in LA, you, you don't realize how much it costs to run a gallery. It's insane. There's so much involved. I mean, God. Yeah, it's seriously curating with Copro, same thing with me. Seeing how, how a gallery actually runs after I started curating the, the conjoined shows, I was like, no, I'm not going to. Because I thought the same thing. I'd love to have my own gallery. And it's like, forget it. No way. No yeah. way am I going to do that. I still, every now and then, kind of think about doing like a pop-up gallery just like a like a one night thing or or a weekend Uh, of course my phone (laughs) it's probably that guy who was texting you (laughs) no it's a it's a robot caller i can tell by the number oh man i got one the other day that said my social security number had been suspended because there was suspicious activity like oh my wife bullshit got that got that as well and I know somebody else that just did too. So Such a it's going around. This yeah. is probably what it is. I should check on my social security. Uh. <laughs> Lisa got one too the same day. It was such a scam. But anyway, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It really is a thankless job and curating is really a thankless job as well. You know, it's, so it's hard. To yeah. Do. So there's, there's two parts and I, you know, we kind of talked about this the other day, but um, I, I still, so I've taken one year off since I did my first show. And what was I that? Think, what? Your first show? Oh, the first show was, was, um, roadside, the attractions? First roadside attractions. Okay. Yeah. And then, and that's kind of become sort of a, a biannual, unless I'm, Unless that means twice a year. What's every other year? Uh, I don't know if there is a word for that. <laughs> yeah, biannual is like twice a year. Okay. Well, every other year, I kind of go back and do the roadside attractions again because it's just fun. And and then I've kind of sprinkled in some other ones. Like we did, uh, I did a Clive Barker show called Wunderkammer. Wunderkammer, really? whatever. I, I can hear you and, twiddling with your. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, when did you do the Clive Barker show? I didn't know about that. Uh, yes, you did. It was in the big room and then the other, oh, in the that's small right. room. That's right. I totally forgot about yeah, that. Yeah. We had one called from the depths, which was all kind of Lovecraft. Right. Right. Influenced. Okay. And I think maybe it was after that one that I took a year off. Cause it was just, it was such a pain in the neck. Yeah, it really. Um, is. and I, but 
you know, I love the like conceptualizing the shows and, you know, what would be a good theme and what would really inspire artists to do some, some of their best work. Mm -hmm. And And seeing the show, of course. Yeah. And then the night of the opening is like, that's amazing. Like so many people show up and everyone's having a great time. And, you know, it's great to see red dots showing up on the wall. And, Mm -hmm. um, I'm so excited for the artists that are selling their work. And, um, but then there's that like six to 12 months in between that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a total kick in the balls. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough, man. It's rough. And it's, you know, and, and, Every single show, there's I've always had somebody like drop out last minute, um, or have some excuse why, like, oh, it's I'm not gonna be able to get it to you until the day of the show, right. and then after yeah. and you're like, <laughs> you're like, great, well, let me go back and and you know, everything's I'm talking to people via like text or email. So I'm like, I'm just going to scroll back through uh, time and find out when you said like, yeah, I'm working on it right now, man. I'm like, okay, so that was seven months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's people don't, that's the thing. I think part of the problem is, and I didn't realize this until I started working with the gallery myself and curating shows is people don't realize that, you know, oh, they don't think about what it takes to set the show up. So it seems like, Oh, I'll get it there on the day and it's fine. But it's like, no, no, it's like, you have to be, you're setting that show up at least a week before and arranging everything a certain way. And when one piece is missing or two, you know, you have to kind of imagine what they're going to look like in the setting and save yeah. a space for them. It's like, I think honestly, it's, it's, it's most artists don't realize what it takes to put a show on really, you know? And I didn't, like I said, I didn't know until I did it myself and I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. Um, yeah. It's like kind of like moving into a, a new home and, and you're gonna, you're gonna have a, um, you know, like a, a housewarming party or something. You're inviting like, you know, a few hundred of your closest friends over to check everything out. And the movers like, don't show up with the furniture until the day of. And you're like, right. Oh, well this just, this just took my, my stress level into the stratosphere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's super stressful. That's uh, part of the reason I, I had to sort of like let Gary take care of conjoined organizationally for the, for the most part last year was like, it's, it's super stressful. And then when, if, if you, you know, you have, you have your work that you're doing, I have my work that I was doing on top of that. It's just, you know, I, I don't know if, are you an organized person? Cause I'm definitely not an organized person and you have to be very organized to deal with. Um, it. no, I, I am by nature, not super organized. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and I have, uh, I've got like a little whiteboard here next to my desk that just kind of lays out the projects that I'm currently working on and, like what's due when and, and what should I be doing next? And, and I just looked at it the other day and it was updated about four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got notes pinned on my walls that are just like from years ago. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but well, it's still though. I mean, it's, it is, it is exciting and ultimately it's worth it. It's just a real pain in the ass. I don't know how people do it kind of like 
for a living, it's kind of impossible to make a, and that's the other thing is you don't really make much money from it. Curating. It's really more like you're doing it for the love of art really. You know? Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. I just, I love the, the dark art scene and I just want to help promote it yeah. in any way that I can. And, you know, obviously buying art is, is one way to, to help the scene out, but, right. um, but that's only good for, you know, those particular artists that are having work sold and then anybody that comes over and kind of sees the collection, but it's, it's nice to get it out there uh, in the public eye as yeah. often as possible too. And you always, uh, one thing I like about your shows is you're always choosing, they're all, all, the artists are, I'm in the show, but I'll full disclosure. I'm in the show also. I'm always in your shows. I mean, I'm always happy to be in your shows, but the art, the artists are really amazing in your shows. You always have like kind of these really top notch artists and, um, uh, you're always bringing new people in too, like newer artists that I haven't heard of. Like there's this sculptor. <clears throat> you, you posted this one picture of the sculpture. I think oh, it's yeah, a bronze. Is no. It? Oh, well there's a Mark Newman. Is yeah. Doing a bronze. That's the, the Mark Newman is what I was talking about. I was like, this, who is this guy? This dude's amazing. It's like, I hadn't yeah. heard of him before, before he seeing that he was in the show. And it's like, his stuff's incredible. And what's the other one you're talking about? Oh, the, um, the guy, he, his sort of artist name is, is vague sedan or sedan. Mm, I don't know. Um, well he did, um, gosh, what was his sin? I think it's, uh, not, maybe it was gluttony. Um, but it's the, that guy that's kind of like just so fat. He's like sitting on a, like a throne of his Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That one was amazing. Well, okay. This is a good time to talk about the show that you're curating. Let me, let me go through and I'll, I'll tell you, I want to give everybody a shout out if I can, that's in the show. First off, when is the show? When's it open? June 8th, June 8th at Copro on that's a Saturday. It is. I'll be there. Many of the artists will be there. Yeah, we we've got people flying in from like East Coast even to come oh, check wow. it out. Excellent, that's great. Um, so yeah, the show is called Seven Sins. Um, one of the artists, Dos Diablos, uh, he also did the the logo for it. Um, yeah, he's become- I kind of had this this dream. I remember talking to you months ago about you know what should I name the show, and and I was thinking about. I think the first one I ran by you was just called sinners. Right. And, and you were like, nah, I don't like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, but the theme is the like, seven deadly sins though. That's, yeah, that was the seven idea. Deadly sins. <laughs> and, and I just, I just thought sinners was kind of cool. Uh, but, but you know, I, obviously I came to you cause I, I respected, uh, your, your input and your opinion. Um, so I was really thinking like, well, I don't want to just call it the seven deadly sins. It's just, it's just too on the nose of exactly what it is. And right. it's just, you know, you're just calling it what exactly what it is. Right. So I wanted something kind of cooler and a little catchy and I just couldn't think of anything. And then I, I had a dream about the show a couple of weeks later. Um, it was just called seven sins, but the, 
In the in the so, dream, it was called Seven Sins. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and the, and the logo showed up, and I, I, I woke up, like I kind of forced myself out of the dream, and I grabbed my iPad, and I I had this this very simple like little drawing app, and just with my finger, I I wrote Seven Sins, and then I wrote the the logo like kind of how I saw it in my head. Oh, cool. And and that's I gave that to Dos Diablos later, and said, Hey, this is. So this is like as if a, you know, a four-year-old child came up with the logo. Can you can you make it awesome? Right. And and so he came up with what we're using now on the flyers, and yeah, and that's great. I totally love it. Yeah, I love it. He's he's becoming the de facto graphic artist for the dark art scene in a lot of ways. Like he did a bunch of stuff for Dark Art Society and designed the pin, and and he's designed uh, flyers for my shows and logos. He's great. So. Yeah, it looks. I, yeah, I, I love the logo. I think it looks excellent. Yeah, thanks, man. I um, I actually want to have put the design on Redbubble and and have it available. If people oh, you should for sure. Want to like get a shirt? I'll definitely get one just so I can wear it to the show. Yeah, and then I I even uh, I know this is silly, but I I think God I don't know where I said it to somebody, but might have even been on social media. But I told somebody, um, hey, if you get a <clears throat> A uh, tattoo of the Seven Sins logo. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll make sure you get ten percent off all art purchases at Cobro. That's a, that's a great idea. Night. And I told it to Gary and Eric, and they're like, they're like, what? Give them fifteen <laughs> percent. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's so, a commitment. That's a commitment. So yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's crazy. But if anybody wants to buy something at the show, and they're like, boy, I'd share like fifteen percent off. Get yourself a seven sins logo tattoo. Yeah, right. Automatic, automatic fifteen percent off. That's pretty cool. Well, it's a cool logo anyway, so you should get one. You should get that yeah. logo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the idea is the you know artist representing the seven deadly sins, and you had what four artists per? What was it? Four artists per sin? Is that is that? Yeah. So you know what? Wait, real quick before I get into who's who's in it, I'll just sort of tell you um, the thoughts behind yeah. the show and why I even thought of Seven Deadly Sins. And um, so I—it's kind of the perfect theme for a dark art show, really. Yeah, and I kind of want to do it again and have everybody, maybe even the same artist, uh, but everybody picks a different set. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, if the show does well, I'm sure they'll want you to yeah. do it again. Um, but so I. So from kindergarten all the way through high school, I went to a, a parochial school, like oh, a no Catholic way. school. I didn't know that. And should have known. So, <laughs> so we uh, we had to do at least once a week. There was, you know, there was we would all go to church. Like the, the there was a a church that was attached and associated to both the elementary school and the high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would all like gather in the cafeteria and the priest would come and like do a big mass like once a week. And, um, and so I just kind of had Catholicism, like, like really forced upon me. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, it just didn't stick. Um, right. <laughs> and I, and I never really enjoyed it. And, uh, except for a few things that I thought were kind of cool and one of those was the seven deadly sins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, Cause yeah, I was always into 
I was into dark art since I was a little kid, oh, you know, cool. like sneaking, going to the, to the bookstore uh, with my parents and like sneaking away and looking at the Frazetta books yeah, uh, and the Giger books and, and stuff. And um, so it's like monsters and dark art have been just a part of my personality since I was a little kid. Excellent. And, and so learning about the seven deadly sins when I was in elementary school, I was like, man, these are, these are uh, kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. This um, is interesting. <laughs> this now you got my yeah. interest finally. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then also like some of the saints, which I kind of want to explore on another show at some point too, but like all these saints that were like martyred or just weird ones, like St. Christopher, um, that was this like giant, uh, and then actually some cultures believed he was a dog headed cannibal. Oh, wow. Um, which I have actually have a tattoo of on my arm oh, and cool. he's also the patron saint of traveling. And I know at the time I was like, wow, okay. Dog headed cannibal. I love kind of old religious art yeah. and I love to travel. And, and plus, you know, my name's Christopher. Right. Uh, and so I don't know, just, so I have that tattooed on me, but, um, and then there's St. George, you know, they're like, fought a dragon and i thought mm. that was awesome mm-hmm. so anyway so Hieronymus you know bosch fast, too yeah Hieronymus bosch was a huge one for me i mean and that was that was religious art but man oh totally yeah the <laughs> um you know paradise and hell and, yeah, and dali yeah. did the same thing too mm-hmm. um so just a lot of really cool just iconic imagery imagery uh from you know, from the Catholic church. And now fast forward to, I'm in college, I'm studying music and I had aspirations to write a big, like seven movement symphonic work based on the seven deadly sins. Oh, wow. Has that been done? And I'm sure somebody's I've never heard it. of it. It's not that, you know, it's not like it's a totally original idea but i know but it's, i thought of it and i wanted to do it and and then i even i even started a couple of movements you know so each one would get their own sin yeah and uh and i just wasn't up to the task back then i just couldn't i couldn't do it that's a big job um, <laughs> yeah and so i i just sort of abandoned it but i always in the back of my head thought god i really want to do a, a big symphonic work based on the seven sins and then last year I, you know, I do a lot of music for video games. So I was hired to score this game called Darksiders three and all the antagonists in that game, uh, were the seven deadly sins. Oh, shit. And those are kind of like the big boss fights. So, you know, you, you do fight like the embodiment of wrath and pride and greed and, and they're all totally different and super cool. Uh, and so I got to write music for each of the seven deadly sins. So I, I did this, I got to work on this awesome game and I got to fulfill my dream of writing kind of a, a large scale, uh, symphonic work based on the seven sins. That's so cool. Um, and so after, right after that, I was done with that game. I was just still really thinking about it. I'm like, man, I just, I love this idea of, of these seven sins. And uh, and there was such cool artwork from the game. And I, I wonder if, if any of the artists I know would be interested in, in painting one of the sins. And so I kind of ran the idea by Copro and, um, they, I guess they trust me now. They were just sort of like, 
yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, so I just started reaching out to everybody and, um, I wasn't sure how many artists I wanted to do. I knew seven wasn't probably enough. So I started with 14, two, two artists per sen, And then I, I got the 14 artists and I, I called up Gary and Erica and I, I told them and they're like, yeah, that's, that doesn't seem like enough art to fill up the big room. Like you need more artists. And mm. I was like, Oh, okay. Well then I need 21 artists. And so I found the next seven. And then there was a couple people that I felt like asking too. And you know, some people were kind of, well, let me think about it. And I'm like, okay, well I got to fill the roster. So I started asking and then we got 21 and then like two other people like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And like, Oh shit. Okay. Well now we need 28. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, so that's why it's so important, uh, for me and the, and the vision of the show is I really wanted, um, you know, a, a the same number of artists per sin. I don't want, you know, one guy does pride and one guy does greed cause it's hard and, you know, or whatever. And everybody wants, wants wrath or sloth. Or, right. <laughs> um, yeah, you got 10, 10, uh, so, 10 greeds and one sloth. You don't want yeah. that. No. So yeah. So it's, I really wanted people that are going to be like, yeah, well I can totally make this happen. Right. Um, and you got everybody you yeah, wanted. And, and there were, I, there are a few artists I asked that were too busy and, and, uh, and couldn't commit. Mm-hmm. Um, that I would totally ask if we do this, the show again, um, because I think they would do something amazing. Yeah. But I'm really happy with the the 28 that we have right now. Well, the the images you've been posting in the in the group, the Facebook group you made for the show is looks like it's going to be really good. I'm like, "Oh man, I got to step it up. Step it up a notch on mine." <laughs> well, that's the whole reason why I <laughs> I so our Facebook group is it's just it's private, you know, just for the artists. Right. Uh, I don't want other people getting in there and bugging them. Um, but I did it mostly <laughs> so that when the first stuff started coming in, I could post it. And, you know, if people have questions or whatever, it's a nice place to, to yeah. have Q and A's that are all in the same place. But I wanted to specifically like start posting images. So people go, Oh, right. I better get cracking. <laughs> yeah. It was smart. <laughs> or it's see smart. something really good and be like, uh Oh, okay. I got to, I got to pull out all the stops on this cause that's really good. And I don't want to look stupid. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, the one I, I, I've got, um, pride for mine and, and, and man, that painting has been so difficult, but I finally got it to a point where it's like, Oh, I got it. I got it. I know exactly what I need to do to finish it. I'm really happy with it. I think it's really cool. But for whatever reason, it was like, I didn't do any prep work on it. I didn't do a study. I think is why I just went for right. it. Right. And, um, it was a bitch, man. It was one, it's like, it was one of those paintings that, I don't know when you're a painter, it's like you paint a bunch of paintings and you're like, Oh, I got it down. I know what I'm doing, you know? And you just do a bunch of great paintings in a row. And then you do one, one always, it's funny. Cause it's like this one knocked, totally hit my pride and knocked me back down. Like you're not <laughs> such a badass because you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of cosmic in a way because the pride painting was the one that put me back in my place a little bit because, because I just, because I was cranking out paintings and then I got to this one and it was like, this is hard. I'm not getting it. And it's like, it's kind of funny, but anyway, 
So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it this weekend for sure. Um, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I'm so curious. Like some of the pieces that are coming in, I'm seeing them. And I go, okay, I totally get how this piece relates to this sin. Some of them, um, it's I'm not I'm not quite sure. I would I would really love to have everybody, um like give an explanation of of what their piece means and and why it relates to to the sin they chose and mm. that could be kind of cool like a little a little blurb under that each would painting be cool. yeah that, that's a good idea we'll see it's been it's been hard enough just to get the paintings in so <laughs> yeah i don't know that might be <laughs> that might be dreaming here to see if well you know people are gonna actually send me that but the uh, mine, the way I always work is I, you know, I don't think about it until after the fact and it starts kind of making sense while I'm painting it. And my guy is like a two headed sort of guy. It's like a face, mm-hmm. face on the back and a, a face on the front and it's like a profile. And, and I was kind of like, yeah, this is, this will work. And I wasn't sure how it would fit, but I, I knew I just had the feeling like this, this, this is right for this show. This is right for pride. Cause I was getting that vibe from it, but then I saw, um, Mike actually, Mike Carell posted, you know, he's always posting quotes on Facebook from like other people. And one of them was <clears throat> pride and ego are two heads of the same beast. And I was like, Oh, that's, you know, that's it <laughs> right there. And it's like, if you look at the expressions on their faces and the mannerisms and the ones kind of doing the shush sign, it's like, it's, totally pride and ego being, you know, it's exactly that. And it's like, Oh, it's probably going to be the title, you know, or something, yeah. a variation of that. But you know, that's just how I work, but I'm excited. Yeah. About it's it. nice when little, little, you know, moments of serendipity like that yeah. kind of happen. And I always figure that's, that's when you know you're on the right track is when those things happen when you're, that's kind of like a little confirmation from the universe or whatever. Yeah. You know, but I, yeah, I'm stoked for it. I'm super excited well, let me, about it. Um, if it's okay, I'd love to like give each of the artists a shout out and kind of tell you which send they yeah, chose. Good idea. All right. So for greed, we've got Alan Williams, Lee Chamel, oh, cool. Vanessa Lemon, and Emil Melmoth. Oh, excellent. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's man. There's really there's like no like half assers in right. in any of the show. Everybody's just so good. Uh, for Wrath, we've got Richard Kirk, Christopher Ulrich, Samuel Araya, and Brian Smith. Excellent. Oh, his piece is amazing. Brian's is so good. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that piece and I was like, "Fuck!" He's just been so good lately. Like the last year or two, he's just been he's gone up to a new level. His stuff is amazing. Anyway. I'm sorry. Yeah, actually, I think he had a couple pieces in your last show, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. There was one of those. Man, I was. That's why I always say, like, I've only regretted. I've never regretted buying art. I've only regretted not buying art. Yeah, right. And I, there was one piece he had that I that I kind of loved, and I told him there, I'm like, oh, dude, I think, I think I might pull the trigger on this piece of yours. I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of mulling it over. And he's like, "Oh, that'd be great, man. Love to see it in your in your collection." And then I ran into him like thirty minutes later, and I said, "Okay, <laughs> I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull a trigger." And he goes, "Oh man, somebody already bought it." Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like, 
<laughs> Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like I, we literally talked about this 30 minutes ago <laughs> and then you just went like, ah, well, congratulations. <laughs> dick. <laughs> Anyways, I think that that painting might be cursed though. So, Jokes on whoever bought it. <laughs> <laughs> they want to get rid of it. They know who to contact. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to Pride. So we've got you, Chet Zar, Dos Diablos, Jake Peck, and Luke Hillstadt. Excellent. Um, yeah, I've seen all of these ones now um and we use luke's for the for the main flyer yeah that's a great one with that sphinx yeah yeah he's um i just felt like it it felt like so like biblical and like spot on yeah for one of the sins actually it's perfect it's perfect for the for the cover and uh jake peck is actually interesting because i um he was not on my radar at all and then my buddy Sean Murray uh, told me about him. He's like, Oh, you should check him out. His stuff is great. And, and so I started following him on Instagram and I, I was looking at his art and I was like, Oh damn, this guy's, um, he's really good. I really like his style. So I had talked to him and, and he even said he hadn't been in a show before. And, uh, so what's he got? Is yeah, he from an illustration background or something? Oh yeah. His stuff's great. Gosh, you know what? I I have no idea what his background is. Huh. Um, but I believe he's he's coming out to the show and he's all the way on the East Coast. Wow. Yeah, this is great stuff. Excellent. Um, yeah, and I I love that's also something I think is important in kind of creating momentum for for dark art is discovering new talents and, and giving them a shot to show with with people that are that are more veterans. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, so yeah, so he's he's great. I'm really excited to to get him in the show. Yeah, um, and I, I hope he makes it out here because he seems like a really nice guy too. Cool. Um, where? Okay, that was Pride. So for Sloth, we've got uh, Matthew Mroka, who he was in another one of my shows. He's also a t- an amazing tattoo artist. Oh, excellent! Um, I can't wait to see his piece for Sloth. Uh, we've got Matt Dangler. Oh, cool. Uh, Ben Schwenk. Do you know him? Oh yeah. Yeah. Ben's he's a super genius. Yeah. He makes those like animatronic, um, monsters and and stuff. So I, he's incredible. Flying under the radar too, for the art scene. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then that Sedan bag or bag Sedan. Mm -hmm. I'm, um, I know that's his, artist's name uh but he's yeah he's a sculptor and equally amazing in digital and and in clay excellent uh but for this one you know i just i'm still kind of kind of frown on digital uh and especially for a for a show at a gallery i just i just can't have anything that's you know was was done in, in software and 3d printed or really, or yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I need, <laughs> I, I like to, I like to look at a piece and, and, you know, know like, man, there's like blood, sweat and tear equity in this. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. 
I know what you mean. Um, let's see. Then Envy, we've got Patrick Ty, oh. Stephen Black, Billy Norby, and Nico Hurtado. Oh, excellent. All right. Patrick in the big leagues. <laughs> and, you know, Pat, like, we've all known Patrick for a, uh, for a while now as, as someone that was, like, always at the shows and always making sure everything's documented. And, yeah. Um, and then seeing him starting to paint years ago, it's been really fascinating to see, uh, how he's progressed over the years. Oh yeah. It's amazing. And, and yeah, like huge, huge strides, I think. And, oh, absolutely. and I, I, a couple shows ago wanted to kind of do that thing, like sort of reach out to the, um, to the guys that hadn't really shown before and, mm. and put them in a show and, and um, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad I did. I've, I've had him in, in, I think it's like the third show I've put him in now. Oh, excellent. Um, okay. For lust, we've got Stephanie Inagaki. Oh, cool. We've got Karen show, Gabe Leonard. Oh yeah. Gabe in. That's great. Yep. And, oh, and, uh, Mark Newman. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah. And thank you for the intro to Gabe actually. Oh yeah. Um, My cause pleasure. yeah, I've always loved his work, but I didn't, you know, some of these guys, especially as they get a little bit bigger, somebody they've, they've never even talked in their life. Like, Hey, I'm doing a show. Will you, will you take all this time and paint something and <laughs> put in the show? They're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, a little, you know, the community is small. So a little, a little word of mouth from, uh, from a friend is, uh, seems to go a long way in this industry. Yeah. I just, I love, I think Gabe's such a great, he's a, an amazing painter. So I, uh, it's cool to see him in, he was in conjoined as well. It's cool to see him in this scene a little bit more because his stuff definitely leans that way. And a lot yeah, of ways. His piece you know. is awesome too. Excellent. Um, I'm hoping we get somebody like Quentin Tarantino in there to come to the show and buys his piece. That'd be nice. You hear that, Quentin? I know you listen to the podcast. <laughs> I wish. Uh, and then last but not least, we've got Gluttony. And we've got Sean Andrew Murray, mm -hmm. Daniel Horn, Carlos Torres, and Matt Hurtado. Excellent. That's quite a lineup. Yeah. Quite I'm, the impressive I'm lineup. I'm really, really stoked about the lineup. I think it's going to be just killer. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing show. It's going to be amazing. So, how's it been curating the show? I mean, I know I know we were talking about shut up. It's fucking dogs. Sorry. Um I know you we were talking about the thanklessness of <laughs> curating and running a gallery, but is this one been the same <laughs> same same I think it's always it's always there's you know what there's there's always at least at least one problem that comes up and usually there's like a lot more than one, but it's like, it's kind of like you have to sort of plan on that when you, when you curate, it's just the way it yeah. is. Yeah. And you know, it's, yeah, there's definitely been some issues that have, that have arisen this time. And, you know, I mean, what can you do? It's, I, there's a thing that I do when I get, really stressed or upset about something. And I kind of picture myself, um, living on Mars. 
<laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> and, I, and I'm looking, well, I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm looking, you know, from my, from my chair on, on Mars and I'm looking out at this like little, like bright blue dot out there. That's earth. And imagining, okay, I can't see anything. Like, I'm pretty sure that's a planet, but, and you know, it looks friendly. It's blue. It's, it's, it's nice. Um, and you know what, there's some guy, there might be some guy down there that's like doing something really awesome, like curating a dark art show. And maybe one of the artists is giving him a hard time. And in the scheme of things, like I can't, even see it let alone like really even think about it from here so it kind of doesn't even fucking matter right uh so i just try to take like a huge like macro view <laughs> right. of uh stuff that bothers me and be like you know in the scheme of things this is this is literally nothing yeah um yeah. so and just like deal with it and, and move on right yeah, it's it's you know it's t- the, the the thing one of the things that's really tough from the artist perspective is that and this is why I'm not really doing um a lot of group shows nowadays aside from the time factors that you're doing stuff on spec it's hard to do stuff on spec and not know if it's going to sell it's it's you know especially when you got other gigs that are you, you might be able to make immediate money from you know that's well, isn't most I mean unless you had a commission wouldn't most of your art kind of be on spec anyways? Well, it depends. It depends if you're working with galleries a lot or not. Like I know Gabe works a lot with, he's primarily working through galleries. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, I've got a lot of commission work and um, yeah, I mean, when I do my study sales and stuff, that's, that's spec, but I do have an idea of what sells at what price right. point, you know? So it's like kind of pretty sure I'll be able to sell it, but, but it's, uh, yeah, but even but that's when you're part doing of it, a, you know, if you're working in the gallery show, scene, yeah. Oh yeah. This whole, you know, I mean, a solo show. shows, uh, obviously there's more prestige in it for you, but it's also a much greater, uh, time commitment for you. Definitely. And unless it's something like, like a Kickstarter, you know, where you, you pre-sell some of the, the pieces, right. um, I would imagine that's, you know, basically all on spec too. Like you hope that people are going to oh, like for sure. this new body of work. Yeah. Yeah. So, definitely. Yeah. It, it's true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. tough, man. That's why, you know, as, as a composer, like, um, I haven't written really anything on spec in a long time. Uh, it's, I'm only writing for clients now, right. uh, for, for different projects. And, um, I just, I don't really even write for myself anymore. Like if I have any kind of downtime, I just kind of enjoy my time off or I use it to try to find more work. But mm. yeah, the whole like, well, if I write something, um, I don't, I don't really buy that, buy into that whole thing where a lot of artists and musicians and composers and whatnot will say like, well, I, you know, the artist for me, I don't care if anybody likes it or right. appreciates it. And, I don't know. For me, that's complete bullshit. Like if I, I really want people to enjoy what I do. Yeah, for sure. I and agree. if I write something and there's no chance of it ever seeing any kind of commercial placement or success or a, or a performance somewhere. Or at least some um, kind of appreciation like, from. Yeah. I feel like it's like it was for nothing. Like, okay, I had that, this thing to say and 
uh, and I did it, but I'm the only one that's ever going to hear it. And for me, that's just, I don't know, just kind of pointless. Yeah, I agree. It's like masturbatory kind of. Yeah. It's like, you got to share it. Part of, I always say sharing, sharing the artwork at the end, however that may be, um, is part of the process of being an artist, you know, Mm -hmm. showing it to people. Yeah. I don't, I don't don't buy it either. You know, and I really, um, I don't, I actually haven't even talked to you or, or any artist about this before, about just like feeling kind of rejection or, or getting like, like bad press about something. Cause I'll, I'll release a soundtrack and I really put just my heart and soul into, into all the music that I write mm-hmm. and I can have, you know, a, a hundred glowing comments of like, I just love this music, you know, whatever, just like, makes me feel good and then there's that, that one jerk that's like this is so contrived oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that one guy like completely wipes out every like other good comment and know. that's all and i just focus on it and it's so I'm like, weird man this you know it is probably some 14 year old kid that's exactly. you know <laughs> eating cereal in his bedroom has no taste house has and, no taste and, like, doesn't know what good music is <laughs> Yeah, but just like off the cuff, like just like destroys me for a minute. And it's so stupid, but I, it's common though. Like in a show, like I feel horrible when somebody doesn't sell their piece. And when they finally ask me like, Hey, can you, can you please have the gallery send my piece back? And it just feels like, it's just like such a defeat. And I, and I feel horrible because I asked that person to do that work right? and, and nobody stepped up and bought it. And, and I swear after a show, I'm like, okay, how much do I need to save up to like buy everybody's piece just so everyone's happy? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's, that's nice of you to feel that way, but that's, you know, it's all part of the game. You know, everybody kind of knows that going in as well. I mean, this is why, this is why rich people dominate the art world is because they can do shit like buy the whole show or ask a bunch of their rich friends to, to, to support the art and buy the show. It's like, yeah. you know, but for the rest of us, it's like money actually means something. So, but you know, I, I know, I know what you're saying and I definitely know what you're saying about the comment thing. Cause th- that's the, my wife is always telling me like, if I get one bad comment and I get all fixated on it, and then I want to say something, and she, the point, oh, the man, point, listen, the point, the, <laughs> the point that she always uh, tells me that really makes sense is she's like, it's not fair to all the other people who s- said all these great things about the post you made to give this one asshole the all the attention. You're not responding to the, any of these other people, and you're going to respond with this big impassioned response to this guy who's just like you said, probably some dumb kid who just in his parents basement or whatever so it's 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 not only is it pointless but it's also not really fair to all the other people that are giving you you know positive feedback and stuff so yeah I, I try that's actually keep, a really great point yeah so i keep my mouth shut really for the you know out of respect for the the other people when i can when i can sometimes it's hard <laughs> it's it's hard sometimes sometimes i'll actually uh write this impassioned response and don't post it just to get it out and (laughs) then just delete it (laughs) that was mike's thing too he used to say that all the time he'd write it and then just almost post it and hit 
he not with it without the intention of posting it, but get to the point right. where he would post it, and then it's like uh, I got it out of my system. But it's hard. Social media is so weird. It's like such a new, relatively new technology, and there's there's no like you know regular regular interactions with people are governed by by this kind of like I don't know if you'd call it a social contract or customs that we all have about how to treat people in person. Oh, dude, for sure. And there's I mean, no there's... accountability for anything. So everybody's like the the biggest asshole part part of them comes out because there's no accountability. They don't have to answer for it because it's like this anon- almost yeah, anonymous and, thing. Well, right. And, and it is totally anonymous usually because people aren't, um, you know, posting as themselves, you know, they've all got a screen name or something they're posting behind and, yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, it's a funny thing, but and some people just get hard. off on it, bumming you out. You know, like yeah. like the guy who wrote that bad comment is totally into it for whatever weird psychological reasons. He's he's like stoked that you're all upset about it. You know, it's weird. Yeah, it's fucked up. I can't even. It's like I stopped. I'm not even going. I hardly ever go on Facebook anymore. It's so everything is. I finally hit that point. Like I, I would always see people like I'm leaving Facebook, and I'd be like, "What are you talking about? You know, just get over it." Blah blah blah. And I finally found myself <laughs> like I hit that point where it's like too many people are just fucking stupid. There's too many stupid people on on there, and I can't. It's it drives me insane. Well, I've gone through and um and blocked any like people. I don't even really give them two strikes. Like if somebody writes something that that annoys me to the point where I've actually stopped and I feel annoyed, <laughs> I will, I will, I'll give them one benefit of the doubt, which is I go to their page. Cause you know, you're, you're like so-called friends with, you know, all these, these people online and, and you know, you don't really, you know, maybe 10% of them and the others are, are there because I like their art or they've, they're musicians or they're fans or something. And right. you're like, well, you know, you've got to, You've got to let them into your life to right. to grow your own business. And but if there's somebody that I don't know and they've said something to irritate me, I'll, I will go to their their actual page and I'll scroll for I don't know about twenty seconds or so, and I'll see is there anything in here that catches my eye as being something positive that I would like to show up on my wall. And if there's not, it's like <laughs> later. Yeah. I'm with so, you, man. I do the same thing. It's, yeah, it's it's really worked wonders for at least on Facebook for me because now I I only see pretty much art and that's it. Oh, good. Yeah, maybe I need to do more of that. Even if the art bugs me, I, I like block them. <laughs> <laughs> if the art sucks, you're out of here. Yeah, kind of. Because um, and you know I don't tell them. Yeah. It's like, hey, that's your style. It just doesn't, yeah, like jive with my taste. Right. Um, but being that it's my taste, you know, I choose to look at things that that bring me joy. And and I'm sorry, but you're, you know, this isn't bringing me joy. So I have to on the down low, like, uh, block you from my existence. My life. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any like any new younger artists that you're looking at lately i mean are, are, how how far ahead of the curve are you on on finding new artists are, are, and i don't i don't know i use 
um, I'll occasionally, maybe once a week, I'll kind of go down the rabbit hole on, on Instagram mm-hmm. and I'll do just like, you know, like hashtag whatever. And, and I'll just start looking through stuff and I'll, I'll find something. And, um, and as long as it's, and then I always have to research like, Oh, this piece that I like is this digital or traditional. And if it's digital, I usually won't follow, um, just cause it's not my thing. Yeah. Um, but if it's traditional, then I've, I've definitely found artists that way. And, uh, I don't, I don't really know if there's anybody new that, that I've been seeing. Like, I think the only like real new guy that I found was, was, you know, Jake Peck that's in the show, Mm -hmm. but I know like, kind of like through you and through Instagram, I, I found, you know, Dos Diablos and, and I think it's just amazing when artists and I don't know how long he's been painting, but, um, it's, I'm sure it's been a while cause he's, he's so good, but I, you know what? I think me, it's less than you think. Okay. Well, I was gonna say to me, he's, he's new, but to find somebody that's, you know, that's young and doesn't have tons of experience, um, that they have their own voice so yeah. soon. And you, you see a piece and I instantly know like, okay, that's, that's Diablos. Yep. Um, and that's the hardest thing. Like, that's the thing that I've, you know, I've been writing music professionally for, I don't know, 15, 16 years now. And I'm still like, I don't know, like, do I even have my own voice? Would, can someone listen to music and go like, Oh yeah, that's, that's one of Chris's pieces. Like I have no idea, but, but you know, you clearly have it. Brian Smith has it. Um, so I don't know so many people I'm looking around Chris Mars. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Chris Ulrich, uh, Brom, you know, just yeah, yeah. Shit. Everybody's like the people I collect seem to be uh, have a unique voice, um, which what, I just love. Yeah, that's that's really the most important part of it, I think. You know, because because you could have you know, I guess on on either end of the spectrum is bad. Like you could have all unique voice and no technical ability or you could have all technical ability and no unique voice and neither of those aren't good but i suppose it's like a the for for me i think probably for you the the people that like the kind of artwork we do it's it's about you know having technical ability enough technical ability to be able to express your ideas but having like unique ideas you know because i i think the but i think the unique voice is is more is kind of a little more important because like I always say, painting has already been taken as far as it can go by all the, you know, old masters hundreds of years ago. It's already been done as good as you can do it as far as technical painting. We're never going to get better than it. There's, you can't get better than the top, you know, it's technically anyway, but, but the voice is the thing that we have. That's the thing that make that, that makes it worth creating art for is your, your unique perspective and the, the, the unique idea that you have to offer, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So I think it's, you know, having a unique voice is Emil, that dude, Emil, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. And Menmoth, Menmoth, Emil. I, I know I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure either, but he's another one of these yeah, young guys who's, he's totally got, you know, you could see right away that, yeah, and it's like where? Wait a minute, what? Where were you? Where were you? All of a sudden, he comes out of the gate, 
like a couple years ago showing this stuff and it's like, oh, this guy's got a, he's even being like kind of, you know, other people are kind of copying his style a little bit too. It's like, but just like right out the gate, he's got this fully formed voice, which is really unusual and technical ability, which is, I don't know how the hell he's making those things. I don't either. I'm, I'm dying to, I wish he would do, um, kind of a making of video, just start to finish time-lapse thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's like some kind of, you know, someone did tell me that it's like, uh, it's like, a, it's some weird clay. Cause he's like from Brazil or something. I or, thought he was from Mexico. Is he from Mexico? Maybe he is from Mexico, but, um, <clears throat> he, he's using some kind of, I forgot what they called it. Some kind of weird putty. I, I'm imagining it's like epoxy putty where you're sculpting with this putty and it dries like a rock. But mm-hmm. he, it's some, uh, apparently, I think it's some, from what I was told, it's some kind of material that you can only get where he lives. It's like a weird, this weird stuff. But, but God, it's pretty kind of amazing to be able to sculpt that well in a material like that. Cause that's that epoxy. If it's anything like epoxy putty, it's a bitch. It's like, uh, um, what's his name? Jim McKenzie sculpts an epoxy putty. And it's like, oh, dude, oh, okay. it's crazy. And so do the Schifflet brothers, I think, where they're doing like a lot of sanding. They sculpt, right. they do a blocky, and then they sand it. And it's like, man, it's, it's, it's a di- different way of working. And when you, especially when you're, uh, really, you know, my, my, my own experience is all with soft clay. It's kind of hard to imagine you know, sanding and drilling yeah. and stuff as part of the sculpting process, but that's cool. It's amazing. Stuff's great. <laughs> have you seen, have you seen his piece? ML? No, I haven't. Hopefully it shows up. <laughs> I know. I'm, <laughs> um, I'm slightly nervous. Yeah. That's a problem with sculptures too, man. The, the breakage potential shipping sculptures is, it's rough. Yeah, I know. That's where uh, I love that that um, there's a new. I don't know if you've really introduced the word or not, but we really need to kind of make it ubiquitous now. Is is hogap? Um, <laughs> <laughs> which yes. is when you when you ship a sculpt and it's busted into a million pieces, not taking responsibility for it and just saying like, well. You deal with it now. Yeah. That's you just got ho-gapped. <laughs> <laughs> You've been ho-gapped. That would be a good t-shirt to make. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Well, hopefully you don't get ho-gapped on this show. Um, <laughs> how is it? Is there is there a buzz about the show around? I mean, does it seem like a lot of people are going to show up? I. It seems like it. I mean, we're just you know, it's, it's always kind of, uh, a tough decision. Like when do you really go guns blazing and, and start promoting the show? Cause you don't want to do it too early because people forget about it. Right. And you don't want to do it too late. Cause they'll already have stuff going on. And I know there's other shows happening that same night. Um, uh, is there? Yeah. This it's, you know, it's inevitable. Yeah. Especially um, in LA. There's, there's yeah, yeah, only so many weekends in the month and <laughs> there's a lot of galleries. Uh, but it's just tough when it's kind of like similar art. Mm-hmm. Um, so sorry, other galleries, I'm not even going to say who's, 
who it is because we're not promoting you. Um, <laughs> I don't even know who it is, so I can't say. Uh, but yeah, it seems like there's we're getting a little buzz going, and, and I'm hoping you know all the artists too will will reach out. And you guys have way way more followers than I do, um, and I know it's you know not exactly the artist's job to to promote. That's the gallery and the, the curator, but. Kind of um, is nowadays, though. It's kind of it's more of like a. I, it seems like that's the traditional role of the galleries to do all the promotion, mm-hmm. but nowadays it seems like it's you know artists should do yeah. it also. You know, well, and the gallery is you know doing stuff that that has um, any kind of like financial element to it, like taking out ads in magazines, right, and, right, and printing flyers and ads and postcards and mailing and and stuff. So yeah, I mean, you know, really it should be no sweat for the artist to, to promote it on Instagram or something. Right. Yeah. um, You know what, you know what, uh, I'm in this, this show, the show that we're going to go to tonight, that, uh, Nico show mm -hmm. that paint, uh, uh, black anchor tattoo. Um, he, he did a really, uh, Nicole who, who helps him out. She sent to all the artists, she sent the blurb, and the pre-cropped Instagram formatted image flyer for the show, along with the, it's a lot of prep work, but along with all the artists in the show, their Instagram handles and all hashtags and the description of the show. So all we have to do as artists is post that flyer. And she had another one that will fit in the stories section. So as artists, wow. we get that email and all we have to do is just copy the copy the info and post it. And it's like that, that is, that's great because the gallery's kind of done all the prep work that takes all the time. And then, yeah. and then we get to, and then it, it's, it makes it easier for us to, to do the sharing, you know? So that's, that's something to think about. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll forward you the email so you could check it out, how they did it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a, that's a really great idea. Like you said, I'm full of them. Don't. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Yesterday, didn't you say I was full of great ideas? Wasn't I giving? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was a private conversation. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> that may have also been uh, a facetious comment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> but like, no, but this is actually a great idea. Yeah, it is. It's because I'm full of great ideas. Actually, it wasn't even my idea, but or a great idea. Um. So, yeah, so I know this was, you know, this show is kind of supposed to be about just uh, talking about Seven Sins and, and, you know, getting the hype up there for it. But, you know, we've strayed a bit. But is there anything else that, you know, we should talk about as either a collector or a curator or from the other side, like, like artists that's like what makes you crazy about shows or what do you like or, or also dealing with collectors that are like want commissions and because i see speaking of commissions i see stuff kind of all the time on on facebook where some artists which i think is kind of stupid because you've got to imagine that whoever's commissioning you probably follows you on social media right and then to have this like big blowout like man fuck commissions and you know i'm so sick of changing things and this and yeah that's really stupid and and then (laughs) You're like, 
so I totally saw that, and I know you're talking about me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we just had a, a conversation via text, and then this comment, or this post came up about how you hate people <laughs> commissions. Yeah, that's stupid. That's that's stupid. That's really dumb. I <laughs> that, that is, and and you know, as a as a collector and someone that that commissions artists, um, I always like when I come up with an idea for a piece, I think I kind of first think like, okay, I'd love to have a piece of art that's like, has this as a theme or, or, you know, is technically like this or whatever. And then, and then I don't just be like, okay, well, I'm going to call, you know, Chetzar or, or Brian Smith or Christopher Ulrich. Um, because, like your guy's style may not be what I was thinking for that piece. And I don't want to, right. I, I like, I like you for what you do. So, um, so you think of things I would never, you think yeah, of something so that I would tri- be good for my style. Right. Brian's exactly. Style. And like when we did, um, I don't know, like the plague doctor was probably the right. most recent one. Yeah. And you know, and I, I always ask you too, like, is this something that you would be interested in exploring? Definitely. And then I can usually tell with artists and, and with you too, like right away, if you're, if you're digging the idea or not, if you're, or if you're kind of like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I could do that. And, you know, I could see the wheels turn like, well, I could use the money, but I don't really want to do this. Right. But it's like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just go ahead and do it. <laughs> and then <laughs> it doesn't exactly inspire confidence. <laughs> no. And, Um, and I think that even, you know, we've, we, uh, we obviously have, um, you know, some other commissions that, that we're working on together and, and I think that they've like, the idea has changed over time because I would mention something that I thought was really cool. And you're like, yeah, that's kind of cool. And then we talk about it later and I can tell that you're not totally digging it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, you know what, let's just. Like, I don't want, like, I just want a killer piece. And right. if, if you're not inspired, I know that even though you're going to, you're not going to half-ass it, it's not going to be like, it's not like going to have that killer sp- iconic. Yeah. Like, it's not going to have that special thing that every great yeah, painting like, needs to I, have, I, that magical thing. Totally. So I think it's changed over time to, and, um, and I'm okay with, with that. And, um, but yeah, and I don't think I've ever tried to like force you into some box, right? Like I, right. like we had the, like with, uh, plague doctor, I remember talking about how I kind of prefer it to be like, like kind of full bodied, like not mm-hmm. just a face. And then it would be kind of awesome to see him leaving like a town that he's just sort of burnt to the ground because of the plague. Right. Um, and then, and then I just kind of step back and, and right. let you do your thing. And I, I think a lot of people that commission artists are, are a little too hands on. Mm-hmm. And, and then that is when you start to get something that's contrived and, right. um, it's I the agree. same thing with me when I'm, when I'm writing a score and, you know, they'll say like, okay, here's the, here's the project. Here's kind of a, a general idea of what we'd like the music to sound like. And then if they just let me do my own thing. I'll get super inspired and I'll, I'll do something that I'm really proud of. But if they come back and we're now on like revision 10, it's like, okay, on bar 
10 through 13. I don't, you know, maybe this one thing. And, and that's, you know, I think it'd be like, I don't, I don't even know, but just like, I, I couldn't even imagine like nitpicking you too much about something unless it was something that I truly thought was going to bother me for the rest right. of my life seeing it. Right. <laughs> and even then I might, I'd, I would seriously have like sleepless nights thinking, <laughs> how do I, how do I approach Chet in a way to tell him like, I just, can yeah, we just this- change this one thing? And, Cause I'd be so, well, you know, that's- I don't want to, I don't want to piss anybody off right. but at the same time, you know, you're also the one paying for it. You're like, I need, I need to get something that I love. Right. Right. So yeah. I don't know where, what are your thoughts on, on well, like the artist commissioner yeah, relationship? It's interesting. Um, I think that, you know, because you're, you're an artist yourself, you have that experience. So you know what it's like. So I think that's why you're extra um, concerned about it because you know how it is when someone nitpicks you and, 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 and tries to control it too much uh, from a commission standpoint. I, I will only take something on if, if I'm able to get that, like you said, get that kind of inspiration. And even when, you know, you, you add some specifics like full body burning village in the background or something, I go, okay, is that something that sounds cool to me? And I have to, you have to really like drop your ego, let your ego go and go and, and, and really consider it like, and, I, and I've gotten to a point where I, I think I'm good at it. Like I can just kind of stop and go, okay, would I be into that? Yeah, that's cool. You know what I mean? Instead of going like, no, I had this idea for it. I'm not open to hearing any input. It, uh, it's my thing. He's commissioning me for my vision. But it's like if 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 a uh, if a good if a good if you have a good idea for it that I think is that I also feel is a good idea, I'll totally go for it. You know, it's it's like. But it has to resonate with me because I, I always feel like I don't if I'm not going to give something that the person who's commissioning it totally loves, then I don't even want to do it. You know, it's got to be right. it's got to as much as you're feeling like and this is the way I think people who do commissions and people who um, who uh, people who commission and people who do the commissions, it's it's the right way to be. It's like you're kind of you're 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 concerned with primarily concerned with the, the actual piece being as good as it can. And you're also concerned about the buyer, you know, the person doing the commission. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's important for me to hear, like I, I, yeah, I've had commissions where a person said, you know, here's this, here's some ideas. How about this and this and this, and I'll say, well, you know, these two, I could see doing that. This is really cool. At first, you know, you, you, you get, sometimes you'll get ideas thrown at you and then you're like, Oh God, here comes a bunch of ideas. Oh God. You know, that's your first response. Like, Oh man. And then you ha- it's important to, for me anyway, to look at the ideas and go- and really consider them. It's like, okay, this would be cool. Would this be cool or not? Was this like something that would resonate with me or not? And then if, and then I'll, I'll be honest and say, yeah, these things, you know, if, if, if they resonate with me, I'm like, yeah, I'll totally do that. I got no problem mm-hmm. with it, but they do have to kind of, I don't know, be in my wheelhouse or, or, or resonate with me, I guess. So I think, I think you and I have a really kind of perfect relationship in that way. Like we're both concerned about the other's feelings, I guess, about it. And we want to make sure that the other person's satisfied with the process, but at the same time, you know, we're not afraid to just be honest about things and right. Or am I? Yeah, no, no, I think so too. And, and I think that the stuff that we've, you know, for lack of a better term, collaborated on 
um yeah that they've, they've, they've turned out to be like that yeah. some of your your like super cool paintings you yeah know? that, that plague always, doctor is like you know one of my well, one of my most popular Cthulhu. ones yeah right yeah um, some of the like the, I, the greatest hits i yeah i always <laughs> know like if if uh if you do a painting for me and it ends up on a t-shirt like that's one of the hits <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> that's true although it is hard to go wrong with cthulhu i have to say but you know it's it's a it's a weird, unique take on Cthulhu. I think one that I haven't really seen before. It's like the more yeah, feminine totally Cthulhu. that like Nosferatu sort of yeah spindly little yeah spindly yeah very cool yeah I I was just remembering I was looking it up to make sure I was thinking the right thing but uh, this this commission that actually no it was it was when we were doing a plague doctor but my first idea was uh, I thought it would be awesome for you to do your own version of um of william blake's red dragon oh yeah yeah right and because it's just i don't know it's kind of it's such an amazing piece like obviously it already exists out in the world um but it's got that i don't know it's just that that kind of single figure and it's got that sort of iconic look that i felt like you could do your own interpretation Mm. on it and make it like like this is the Chet Zar version of the Red Dragon, uh, while still kind of paying homage to it. But but then I told you know you were like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, you know, and, but no, but you were totally <laughs> right. And you know, and in, and because of that, now like the Plague Doctor right. exists. But I like I totally get not wanting to do like a version of someone else's thing. Although now I'm thinking about it you did do the the farmer and his wife the uh the american gothic that's true that's true and that was a commission and that was mm. you know like i that's another one I, I, honestly it's a really popular one but honestly it's um i think that stuff that is uh, remakes are just always popular you know right. if you do a halfway decent job on it and the funny thing about that is that it was a commission um and you know, I wouldn't have done it on my, if I just on my own, but it was, it was, I was actually doing it in trade for this guy who was um, doing my website for me. And, but I thought it wasn't like, okay, this isn't something I would normally do. But at the same time, I was kind of like, you know, I do like the original painting and I do have an idea for it immediately when he asked me about it. And it would be kind of a challenge. And that's part of, part of what makes a commission fun too, is to be challenged to a point, you know? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, I haven't done this before. I probably will never do it unless I do this. And I kind of want to do that. But, I, you know, I've never really thought about doing it. So in that respect, it, it, it was uh, like all, all, enough things lined up to where I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, that, that would be cool. But, man, I had a really hard time with that painting. It was not oh. easy at all. It took me a long time, and it was just a struggle getting all the way through it. And I, I looked back in it now even though people love it i look back in it and there's so many things i would do differently now it's funny you know but but at the uh you know the plague doctor even at the at first i don't think i was crazy about it i didn't get like i yeah no it seemed like it took a little it, yeah it had to sink bit in of convincing yeah, yeah yeah and it's like and 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 that's that point though where i said i had where i have to go okay so, you know calm the ego down you know, is this, is this something you could 
do cool. And it's like, and the thing is, it's like I'd been so many people had told me to do a plague doctor in the past that I had this like kind of wall up against plague doctors. And I, <laughs> and I stopped and I was like, I love plague doctors. Plague doctors are fucking cool. And then I started doing some <laughs> research on it. And then, I, and then after the research, I was like, oh man, I totally want to do this painting. This would be amazing. You know, it's, it's great. And so it's, you know, there's a lot of psychological blocks and things for, you know, certain subjects for whatever reason that artists have, I think. So, yeah, you know, well, I, the end result is, is totally amazing. And I love that it's, it's clearly like a Chet Zar painting, but it's a little bit different for me because that the town with the flames in the background, it's, it's more of like a kind of a, like a light, what do you call it? Like an impasto style right, where the, yeah, the yeah. paint is kind of thick and, and I'm, I'm looking around at some of your other pieces I have in here and, and they don't have that kind of buildup of paint. Yeah. I haven't done it's that not, it's not often. really typical <laughs> of you, but, but it totally works for the flames on the, on yeah. the plague doctor. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went through a period where I was doing that, um, just to do, cause it's fun, you know, building up the paint really thick. And then it's weird. I go through different phases right now. I'm kind of going through a thin stage where the paint's thin, which is sort of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, probably mainly cause I have to just bust these paintings out for the show in Australia as fast as possible and still have them look good. Um, but, but also I, I've, it's weird, you know, you get influenced by studying other artists and talking to other artists and hearing other artists talk, you know, talk on, on videos and stuff. And it's like, you know, sometimes you think, thick paint is thick texture paint is kind of like the pinnacle of painting. And then you've got these other amazing artists that are like, no, it's more, you know, I paint really thin and it's really flat and that's cool too. And it doesn't matter. There are no, there is really isn't a, a, a standard. It's kind of like, what, what do you do that suits you that, that you like, yeah. you know, that you're happy yeah. doing and it's fun or whatever, whatever your criteria is. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, I prefer when it comes to commissions from the art artist standpoint, I do. Um, I, I, it, I have this background in the film industry. So in a, where I was just a pair of hands for someone else's vision. And I, I really don't have a problem with going, taking an idea and coming up with my own interpretation of it. Um, it's actually, I've had people commission stuff where they're like, I don't want to give you any input whatsoever. And it's actually kind of, more difficult because right. you, you want to make sure they're happy. You know, that's for me, that's like kind of my primary goal as a, as a, a business person, really. It's like, I want you to be happy. I'm charging a lot of money for this. I couldn't afford to buy this. So I want to make sure, you know, the person's happy with it. So, uh, you know, you want a little bit of something. <laughs> so it's like, you don't want, but you don't want too much of it. Cause I, cause I, I always tell the story about this. One of the first commissions I ever had years and years ago when I was first starting out and I was so accommodating. I know I've told this before on the show, but I was so accommodating to this guy that I, every, well, is this what you want? How's this? And he would, you know, write, how about this? And I'd be okay. And I'd put it in. How about this? Okay. I'd put it in. And it just, the painting just, I was so unhappy with it at the end because it had, it just, yeah. just, I didn't. It, it, you know, hopefully he was happy with it because he got all his little things. But after that, I was like, never again am I gonna, you know, because I don't. What's I don't, that painting called? I want to look it up. I don't even. It's. Pro I don't even think I. I don't even think I have a picture of it. 
Wow. Yeah, wow. it's like a lost one. It was a smaller painting. I might have a picture of it somewhere, but man, I don't remember the title or anything about it. Um, but not shirt worthy. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure if I looked at it now, it'd be, Oh, that's cool. But, but it just didn't, I didn't feel good about it because, and, and, and I, and you know, part of the, the, the deal from my standpoint is I want to, like I said, I want to make sure the the person is happy with it and I'm and the, and has a painting that's going to gain value, gain value over time. And that's going to be like, wow, I really got my money's worth with this. This thing's now worth mm-hmm. like five times the amount and blah, blah, blah. And the best way to do that is to, uh, you know, leave me alone as much as possible because that's the, you know, <laughs> that's when I'm going to be the most fired up and inspired about something is when I have this idea that, I mean, the best paintings are when you're just like, oh, I can't, you think about painting it. I can't wait to get back to this painting. It's so much fun. I'm so excited about this idea. And, uh, but uh, that still can be a collaborative thing as well. So it's, 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 it's a definitely a balance. Cause like I said, if it's too far the other way, it's difficult to even, you know, I, I don't know where to start. I don't even know where to start to do this commission if you don't give me something. So I usually say like, find five paintings of mine or 10 and just send me, send me pictures of them and and at least let me go from there so I can know the kind of stuff you're into Mm -hmm. just for some kind of starting point, you know? Yeah. Well, actually that just reminded me, we did that on, um, on your piece, the primaries. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Cause cause you needed something that was going to be like, like the piece um, from, was that the, what show was that from or, or what was it for? I didn't even remember what show that was for. It wasn't, it was maybe it wasn't a, for a show. It was, I think it was like one of your big kickstarters, probably for the book, probably for dystopia. I don't know. I don't think but so. You needed, but you needed, uh, well, I don't know, but I, you know, it was just like, well, what are you doing? It's gotta be something that like, I didn't want to do something that was kind of outside your, your world of dystopia, like Cthulhu right. or plague doctor could be. Right. It's like, it had to be like a, a being that would live within here, this kind of mythology that you've made. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking through a bunch of stuff and you said, yeah, just, I don't know, send me, send me some pictures of stuff. And I, and so I found things of like, I really love the skin texture on this kind of thing. And, and it was like, oh, I love, like, one of my favorite pieces is uh, the mother, you know, right. where she's, like, standing, like, she's, like, silhouetted by this, um, yeah, the by wind, a window. The window right? yeah. um, and then I found, you did uh, that old, like, there's this video of, like, some, like, sketch theater thing. Oh, yeah, that yeah. You, that you did, and, and you did a sketch of this. Um, this guy kind of in the same pose, like arms kind of crossed and except he had one eye, I oh, think. That's but, right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, and I saw that. I'm like, Oh, did you ever paint that? And it's like, Oh no, I forgot about it. <laughs> um, so I think it was kind of like combination of that and like, Oh, I love the idea of it, you know, framed by a window and, and like, Oh, I love the skin texture on this one creature. And, mm-hmm. and then you kind of like from there came up with primaries. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they did the three primary colors on the eyes. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, I remember that painting was tough too. I don't know why. I can't remember why it was so difficult, but I had a, some paintings are just, you know, easy and some are hard. It's just, I'm sure it's like that with you writing music, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. It's like, and then sometimes, a, a lot of times, the easy ones are the most amazing paintings, and then sometimes the hard ones end up being just as amazing because it's just it. You never can tell. And sometimes, it's a crapshoot, man. <laughs> well, you know, I always um, people love the I primaries try, too. I after try. I put it out, it was like I was <laughs> I struggled with it, and it, again, it was like a, a really popular one. Yeah, well, it's another T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I strive to make T-shirt paintings. <laughs> um, so, not to keep this going forever, but I've got one more question from you for you actually um, that I think could be interesting and and it would help me out. Mm. Um, do you have just as a yourself like working for a someone that's curating a show or a gallery that's, that's putting on a, a show for you. And um, let's not say solo show. Cause that's a, a whole different beast, but like a, a group show, like seven sins, like, mm-hmm. is there something that you wish that I would, would do or that I wouldn't do or same thing with the gallery or, or what as an artist would you like to kind of see or not see to make the experience better for you? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, you know, the only thing that comes to mind, cause you know, I, I think the way you've, you've done it is all, all the bases are covered. Like the, the, I think from the promotional angle maybe is probably something that would benefit me more than if I hadn't done the show, like <clears throat> getting, getting promotion on other blogs that maybe are, I'm not usually on or mm-hmm. in magazines or however you know, being promoted online t- to a new audience is kind of a, a big thing. So getting on, I don't know, just getting the word out there and, and promoting it. That, that, yeah, cause, cause the, promotion is a big reason to do these group shows. It's not just the sales, you know, of course. Yeah. And for the, on the, from the depth show, um, and that was like paired with the Clive Barker one. I actually, hired my publicist to to get me some interviews on like dread central oh, and, cool. and rue morgue and and some of these more like kind of dark like horror type online magazine right. things that, that i know have a, a big uh, a lot of uh, big viewership um but i don't know that it really amounted to anything yeah, right. new and because a lot of you know it's so specific to LA and you put this out on a on like a national or international level and it's like everybody's like oh that's that's so cool but I can't go cuz you know I live in Finland and right but 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 then but at the same token I mean it's kind of you you asked me what personally would I I would like it's selfish no, 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 yeah. as an artist it's like you know if even though it might not amount in sales from that show just getting getting the exposure to more people is is helpful and an excuse to promote mm-hmm. to to new crowds you know it's almost like uh it's 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 not so much about the cuz I, I feel like the the people that buy are probably going to be the copro regular collectors that that are on the mailing list and the people that go to the right. show but the promotion you know might bring some new people in but then again it's 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 going to help put my name out there to the greater right. audience, you know. So well, that's that's one, one thing, thing. I 
I recommended this to another artist a while back and, um, and it didn't happen. So I don't know if it would work or not, but, and of course this would just be, it's, it's not really fair to the, you know, 27 other artists, but I was thinking <laughs> just specifically for you, uh, what could be cool at the show. Cause you know, I, I think we're going to get a, g- a good crowd at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you put you and like Nico in a show and you guys have so many followers, like that's already going to bring so many people there. Um, but if I always thought about like, what if you set up a, a table for like your, your Patreon page right? and you were, and you were sitting there and you, and you were like, okay, anybody that signs up for like a minimum of like three or $5 a month, you get like 20% off, uh, my, book which i'll sign for you here or this print that i'll right. sign for that's you a good or, idea. That, yeah that's that that's a great idea but that might be more for you're you're right though as far as maybe not in the group setting maybe at a solo show right you know might be because i wouldn't want to be a, a dick but you know uh another thing i just thought of is and i've seen i've seen who is this david van goff i think was was doing it at uh or uh dark art emporium this would be cool and probably a pain in the ass to do and probably not possible at this point but one thing that i think i i guess what i'm getting at is is overall it's like a a marketing push would be good and stuff like were they um because david van goff was i unless i'm getting it confused for his last show at dark art emporium i think he they were like playing videos interviews of him before the show to promote the show and and for a group show especially to get uh you know nice looking videos of each artist talking about their painting for the show maybe with with a like a streamlined um the logo in the front and the date and everything and, and and release the series of of videos as a way of promoting early and just kind of, you know, release one a week up until like 20, yeah. 27 weeks ahead of the show and maybe release one a week. And it's, it's, um, it's a lot. That's though. a great idea. No, that's a, that's a great idea, but it would kind of, that's going to rely on, uh, on the artists doing that work though. Um, yeah, because if right. they're not, if they're not here and I can't like get them into like yeah. the same room, same setup, it's me like, okay, well, you know, like the, the sculptor, uh, Beg Sedan, he lives in Ukraine. Right. And, you know, so maybe it's not for everybody, but that's one more thing where I could oh. see, like, that's a, that's a great idea, but I could just imagine like reaching out to, to all you guys, like, Hey, can I, can you guys give yeah. me like a 30 second blurb about your piece and who you are and, and your website and like what, you know what right. your sin is and and, and everybody be like oh that sounds awesome and then here and then <laughs> Five two weeks from the show, I'm like, I'm like guys <laughs> is anybody gonna do this well you know you, <laughs> it could be presented like if you if you supply me with the video i will make these videos and then we will push it and promote it and it'll be something that you can promote as well you know we'll make it all fancy we'll have the even if the background's different, it doesn't matter really. Most people can videotape themselves with, or whatever, film, or I don't even know, video. What do you call it now? 
Well, I mean, you could just use your iPhone. <laughs> that's that, what I'm saying. It's like HD video. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, most people have the capabilities to just sit the iPhone up or their Android and, and just talk into the camera and, and say blah 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 about you know the work in the show. And I think that stuff is that's kind of the thing that I think um, galleries should do if they're looking to move into the future and keep their galleries open and maintain the relationship with artists because you know how, how it is with the ga- like galleries are becoming less and less relevant because the, mm-hmm. the way uh, collectors can buy directly from artists. Um, but I still think that the, you know, seeing a show in person is it, it's the thing, you know, it has to be there. It's, it's so important to see the artwork in person and that, it that is. and that is what, why the galleries are always going to be important. But I think, you know, doing that kind of sort of new media promotion is probably more valuable even than magazine ads, but getting, mm-hmm. you know, getting videos that can go viral or just can get shared around. Um, and even if you just said, you know what, if you want to be included, send me this video by this date. Otherwise it's just going to be the artists who send me the videos and, and the local ones, maybe you could set something up one day and, you know, or, and videotape yeah. them. Dude, that's a, that's a great idea. I wish we would have uh, had this conversation. Told you I'm full ago. of great ideas. <laughs> no, but that's that's one thing that that I've I see other galleries do once in a while, and I always think, oh, that would be great that if someone did that, you know, for one of my show I was in. Like, I wish I had that kind of promotion. And it's like just having a nice, clean, you know, th- with the logo and and having it professionally done, which isn't that difficult nowadays. It's, there's so many people editing and software. You know, what, man, you've <laughs> yeah, you've totally inspired me. I'm gonna. I think it's too late to do the whole interview thing, but I'm going to, I've got to try to do something because that's, that's yeah, vi- video promotions. Even, even if of some of the, um, the artwork, just like a 30 second mm-hmm. video or a minute was just random images from pieces you already have would be great. And just people will share that shit and post it and just builds hype. I'm going to do some weird esoteric, like new wave German thing art, with art uh, film. It's yeah, art film where it's just like, like I don't know, seven cents, and then and then uh, superimposed over like ants eating a beetle. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I think you'd be a big winner. <laughs> <laughs> but having that stuff, and then you know, Copro can have that on their story, and and the IGTV mm-hmm. thing they have now too. You know, that can be. Yeah, it's good. It would be good. I one last thing. Uh, this was also somewhat of a a joke that I was mentioning. Oh God, this was months ago. But I was just thinking of like ways to to promote um, the show. I wanted, and when I had been joking about like, oh, get the tattoo, uh, I actually looked into making with the logo like like temporary tattoos, like Seven Sins. Oh yeah, um, yeah, that would be cool. And then I thought like at the show, but also just somewhere like. I don't know, like third street promenade or, or the Grove or something. I wanted to hire and, um, like a couple of, of like good looking women dressed up as nuns, oh, uh, yeah. applying, applying like seven cents. Yeah, that's a great idea. Or just, yeah. ha- or handing them out or handing flyers yeah. out even, you know, that's a great idea. 
Well, you better get busy because there's only two weeks left. <laughs> this is, you know, for next time. Yeah. It's Seven a, Cents Part 2. Yeah, yeah, which you should definitely do. We'll see how this one goes. But So the show I, I, the show opens on uh, uh, June, 8th. June 8th, and today is Friday the... We're 24th. 24th, and the, and the, and the show will post on uh, the 29th. So, oh, so we'll have like a week and a half to, to get the word out. So that's perfect. Perfect timing. Yeah. That'll be cool. Well, um, I gotta go paint. Yeah. I've got to, I gotta um, go finish the painting for your show. (laughs) Yeah. You gotta go shoot some videos. (laughs) I gotta go. I gotta go find some ants and a beetle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for coming on. It was great talking to you. I, yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, and you're always welcome on the show, and um, so we'll have you on again. But yeah, everyone, go to the show. It's at it's at Copper. We'll have all the info um, in the description as well. So, um, but this this is a good example of some things that to do. What you're doing now is coming on the show, and promoting it, getting on yeah. podcasts and stuff. Like I said, I'm full of good ideas. Now you got me going. Now I'm thinking about. I know. It. Next time I'm going to hire uh, Gary Vaynerchuk to do a whole, uh, some kind of whole like social media blast for, uh, for the show. Who's that? Oh, he's never mind. <laughs> he, he's like a big social influencer guy now. Oh, and, God. Um, he's actually super smart, but, um, never mind. Just, just delete this last bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's too much work. Hey, what about okay? One last great idea. <clears throat> uh, are, are you gonna? Did you did you write a theme song for the show to be playing? No, I was thinking about which maybe, would be perfect for the videos, the promotional videos. Yeah, well, I've got already music and a free I've download, a free download oh, of the song shit. to promote. See, I'm on a roll well, now. This is gonna, you know, I was already thinking in my head that on one of these podcast we need to this is probably better online where people can comment but um we still need to put out the vinyl of the of the dystopia yeah definitely. music do like a really cool limited edition like put some new artwork on there it's gonna be amazing we're gonna do it too i just i gotta get done with the book i have to get done with the book first once the book's done i'm there man i'm totally into All it right, well I don't even know why, why you're still talking to me because you've got so much to do. Yeah, it's insane. Anyway, <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. It was great talking to you, and um, I'll see you later tonight, actually. But um, nobody knows that who's listening, but now they do. But <laughs> <laughs> it's all and, in the past, though, so no one can yeah, show up and stop. None of it matters. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and remember the Patreon is patreon.com slash dark art society you can join for as little as a dollar a month and support the podcast and keep this resource going for the dark art community and that's it thanks everybody thanks chris thank you say goodbye to everybody bye everyone bye everyone